Welcome to the Future Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Harrop, and it's my mission to help create more female leaders in the workplace. Do you ever struggle with setting boundaries? Maybe this is at home with your family. Maybe it's in the workplace. I know I struggled with boundaries and I used to be a huge people pleaser as we will talk about in the episode today. And I'm looking forward to the conversation with my guest, Sherilyn Arnold, because so many of you loved the episode that I had previously shared in regards to setting boundaries in the workplace. So we're going to dive more deeply into this topic, and I think you're going to love it. Real quick, I wanted to mention that there are a few areas where Sherilyn's audio is a little bit choppy or slightly delayed. So when you run into that, know that it's not an issue with the app or with your phone. There are just a couple of areas where her connection got a little bit choppy, but I don't think it will cause any issues with your listening experience. All right, let's jump in. I have Sherilyn Arnold with us today. Sherilyn, thank you so much for being here as my guest. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Of course, of course. I'm excited to have you here in our conversation today. I know is kind of piggybacking off an episode I previously did about setting boundaries. So everyone is in for a treat. They loved that episode. So I know they are going to love this episode as well. Sherilyn and I met through a local Facebook group that is such a help to connect other entrepreneurs and people who are like-minded or honestly, it's kind of a free-for-all of supporting others in our community. And I was thrilled to get connected with Sherilyn and learn more about what she's doing. I knew that I had to have her on the podcast today. I know a lot of people like to hear about how do you get connected with all these different people? And sometimes it's in places you don't necessarily think you're going to get connected with amazing people. And I love that we are both here locally in Utah. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself professionally, personally, whatever you'd like to share. Okay, so I am a former middle school Spanish teacher, and I lasted two years <laughs> doing that. I just, I really wanted to be a mom, honestly. My husband was a school teacher as well, and I had to have an income. So that necessitated a foray into the world of mompreneur because I wasn't willing to have a nine to five, but I wasn't willing to be broke either. And you know, after daycare expenses, teaching just wasn't a viable solution for us. So I went into direct sales and I just picked a company that I thought had a good compensation plan. I really, it had nothing to do with me being passionate even about direct sales or even about products that I sold. It was all about, you know, what would provide me with the best, most stable income for my family and the most income for the least amount of time. So, you know, I, I looked at that. That has been my life for 28 years. And I have built a six-figure business because if you stick with direct sales that long, you're going to figure everything out and you're going to end up with a six-figure income. However, just in the last couple of years, I'm in my 50s, so my life is halfway over. And I 
realized that I was not working in my passion. I was working in something that functioned and it is a terrific, you know, company and we're not here to talk about that today, but I, I really wanted to do something, I don't know, just work in my passion and my two passions. So as my income increased, I've been able to start traveling, right? So once I did that first international trip, it was to London. I just could not get enough. And I, I think I went on my first international trip in 2018. What was that? Like five years ago. And I've been to nine countries like in five years. I love it so much that I realized that I needed to be working whatever I chose. It needed to be travel related, but I'm not, I know that I have been called and I've been led to be a leader of women and to lead and mentor other women. That is not everybody's calling in life, but I know that it's mine and I can't let go of that. So that is where I'm at now is taking people on fantastic retreats, mentoring, coaching, you know, all over, all over the world. So that has been absolutely thrilling. And that's the point where I'm at now. And it's been quite the adjustment to do such an about face, you know, at 50 years old, 51, 53, 53 years old, you know, completely having a career changes. I don't know if it's crazy or, or amazing, but I, I will have to keep you posted on that. That is amazing. I love that, you know, we have that thing in common of kind of feeling called to serve at, in a different purpose or different maybe level because, you know, I see people knock direct sales, you know, all the time. And I've done direct sales myself and there is so much leadership that is involved with that. Not only leading yourself when you're kind of stepping into a little bit of that entrepreneurial path, but leading others and mentoring other people to help lift everyone up. There is so much of that leadership and the leaning into that side as well that you're talking about in regards to, hey, I it's okay to shift and adjust. And what do I want to be doing? You started with teaching and then you said, hey, I want something that has some more flexibility. What could that look like? And you got curious. There have been times yeah. in my life where I feel like I wish I would have gotten a little bit more curious sooner, but I don't regret the path because I see all of these stepping stones that got me to where I'm at today. And I'm sure you feel similarly thinking, you know, it wasn't a waste of all that time that you did these other things, but it was helping to get you those stepping stones and the knowledge, the confidence, the passion to open that up to these other things, don't you think? It's so true. Everything we try. Everything we get involved in, everything we feel led to, I feel like comes into our life for a purpose. And I definitely am a different person, a more confident person and a better leader because of my prior experiences. And just because we make a shift or a change doesn't mean that we failed in that thing. I mean, in my first job when I was 16 was McDonald's, you know, and it was great for that time. It's mm -hmm. not that I fail because eventually I left McDonald's, you know, to be a telemarketer. 
Oh, and did I fail at telemarketing? Because I eventually left that to go to college and pursue a degree. And, you know, all of those things are for our good and they make us who we are. And you just, if you follow your, your instinct, your, you will be led to the things that you need to reach your full potential. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It makes us who we are. No regrets. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Along those lines, Sherilyn, what advice can you give women who are feeling that call to lead others? Maybe they're thinking there's got to be more out there and I want to see what that could be, but they don't know where to start. What advice would you have for them? That is such a good question. So I think that Instead of worrying about leading other people, especially if right now you don't have a platform to lead on, you don't have a group to lead, you haven't built anything to lead, I would say that you first must focus on leading yourself. How are you leading yourself? So we have, we have areas that we've got to master before we can start leading other people. Are, are you leading, how are you leading yourself emotionally? How are you leading yourself as far as like time management? How are you managing your energy, your money? You know, like you'll, you know the areas that you are weak in. And when you become a good leader of yourself, you will see almost naturally a group of like-minded people that need the mentorship and they need to master the thing that you have mastered. They will come to you instead of you trying to find people to lead. Lead yourself. Lead yourself first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because, right, We it's hard to lead other people if we haven't kind of worked on ourselves to a degree, which, again, as both of us have progressed in our, on, in our own paths, that's the experience that we've gotten. And you know, I I always push back on especially the word leader because it doesn't have to be in your title to be seen as a leader. But you're right. There are things that you have to learn. There are plenty of things that I still needed to learn when I was earlier on in my career where I couldn't necessarily lead others until I was trying some of these things out. I had the trial, the error, the trial, the failure, you know, trial and success. And figuring out what worked for me. And then in you know the past 12 years, being able to understand how it works differently for these other people as well, because there isn't one set way of how you know each individual can lead. So I love that true, you shared true. that as leading yourself first, and then that starts to naturally happen. So would you say to do some sort of like, self-reflection how often would you recommend that or if you're saying hey start leading yourself do you have some additional tips on what that initially looked like for you you know as we've been talking I was thinking about um, an experience that I had early on in my business where I realized that I was going to be completely stuck or I was never going to be able to hold on to any kind of success in my life because of this bad, bad habit that I had in people pleasing. And I think we all deep down know the one thing 
that we really need to master right now. The one thing, and like you said, it will be different for everybody. We all have strengths and talents and, and weaknesses in different areas, but I think, yes, some good self-reflection about what keeps happening that I don't like. What mm -hmm. type of person am I always attracting that I don't like? And the only common denominator between you and all of your relationships is you. Mm -hmm. So when things keep happening, the same, the same story with different people, it is you. Mm -hmm. And you need to identify what, or we, it is us, right? We need to identify what we are doing. And for me, I was raised with a lot of childhood trauma, and it made me very fearful of confrontation. And I learned to just not rock the boat, mm -hmm. to not cause any conflict, to not make anyone mad. And I couldn't, I could not say no. And, and when I did try to say no, all people had to do was show a little bit of displeasure and they would break me down. And so I, but I'm also, I'm a charismatic, kind, intelligent woman. So I did start to build a successful business, but I was attracting manipulators, customers, team members, friends, like all, it was like I had gave off this, this smell hey, I can be manipulated. Hey, I'm a people pleaser, you know, and everything I tried to build just became so difficult with these people, you know, controlling and manipulating me. And the bigger my team became, with just more people to push me around, you know. And so I had an epiphany one day. I was like, all right, I have to start standing up for myself. And I got some help and I did a lot of reading and studying and I started to put what I learned into practice and it wiped out my entire team. None of them were interested in a woman who would stand up for herself. My whole team got wiped out. I lost most of my customers. It was terrifying. A lot of friends, what I thought were friends. I'm, I was younger then, you know, now I see those, none of those relationships were good, but it made room for me to start building something truly amazing and start building healthy everything and learn how to stand up for myself in every area, not just business, not just family, but friendships as well. And I became so passionate about it that I finally wrote a book about setting healthy boundaries. And I've been meaning to do that for 20 years because women especially are not very good setting healthy boundaries. I mean, kudos to the women who have figured it out, but it is a huge problem. So that is just one way that I decided I had to lead myself better. And it was by just taking a look around. What, what are you constantly attracting that you don't like and figure out why and you can fix it? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And I can relate in so many ways of being that initial people pleaser. So if people are tuning in and feeling like, hey, that's exactly where I'm at, that's where we started as well. And you yep. can always make that progression forward and choose to start making those changes. And it is uncomfortable when you start setting those boundaries and recognizing, oh my gosh, like maybe this is going to look a little bit different than I have been doing in the past. And does that feel better or worse? 
and start working from there. So thank you for those helpful tips and and real life uh, experience. Uh, That leads me to wondering or wanting to talk more about healthy boundaries. Why is it important to learn to set these healthy boundaries? Oh, my goodness. If you want to be the master of your life, I mean, I will tell you, there are so many people out there that want to have control over other people. There's so many and they want to dictate and and, you know, their power control people and they want to dictate not only their own lives, other people's lives. And they are more than happy to design and build and dictate, you know, your every move, your life, your dreams, your, your everything. And they're more than happy to do that. When you can't set healthy boundaries, then we attract all of those people in every facet, at every turn. And if you truly want to design your life, build your own dream and be the master of your own destiny, you have to learn to say no, basically. You have to learn to set the rules of engagement of what people are going to have to do if they want to be in your life and then enforce those rules or boundaries. And it's so important. You'll never reach, like we, we I should say, we will never reach true self-fulfillment and we'll never reach our highest selves, our most powerful selves, if we don't know how to stand up for ourselves. Yeah, even in the simplest of ways, my word of the year has been intentional and I've had to go through and sometimes have a reevaluation of my day or my week and think, was I intentional? Have I been intentional? What are things, right? And intentional for me means setting some boundaries where I'm invited to all these different events. I have to be intentional and recognizing, right? Those are some of my boundaries of what are things that I'm going to say yes to? What are things that I'm going to say you know, thank you so much for the invite, but not this time and kind of throwing that FOMO out the window because I need to do the things that are going to help me propel forward. And I'm in that, you know, shift from going, working a nine to five into that entrepreneurial side of things to help more women grow into leadership roles. And it is challenging because it's so easy to slide back into these old ways of, of how I was. And so, I think, you know, advice to listeners is that, you know, you're going to have those ups and downs like anything. If you're trying to change your diet or if you're trying to have a healthier relationship with the gym or working out and moving your body, things like that, there are going to be those ebbs and flows and there it's not going to be perfect from day one. The goal is for me, I used this mantra of one step in the right direction for the longest time because, you know, as long as I was taking that one little bit of effort that day or in that moment, I felt like I was making progress right to that end goal, which Uh those healthy boundaries. And when you first start to exercise healthy boundaries, I think you, I think you mentioned this, it feels a little scary. It feels very uncomfortable. And a lot of times you'll overdo it. When you go to when you go to express a boundary, sometimes you'll come across a little aggressive because it was so scary to do. But be kind to yourself. Be forgiving of yourself. You are learning. Mm-hmm. You are learning how to do that. 
and you can take it one relationship at a time or you can take it one rule at a time if you want to set a rule for how people are going to treat you the you know the very next best step i'm going to take is i'm not going to let people talk disrespectfully to me or i'm not going to i'm not going to let people make me feel unsafe or i'm not going to say yes to every opportunity that comes my way baby steps but everything grand in life is accomplished in baby steps. Everything. Yes. And one thing that I didn't do a lot earlier on in my career is having some of that self-reflection like we're talking about and giving ourselves some grace. Because I think when I think through, hey, how am I going to react to this? If things go well, how am I going to react to this if things don't go well, right? Not just planning for the worst, but also planning for the best. What is going to happen in my life if I start setting these healthy boundaries and things start to go better for me? Maybe I'm not so drained at work because there were times for me where I had so I had been such a great listener, I thought, but what I was attracting was people who simply wanted to vent And essentially, you know, talk crap about how terrible their day was or their boss was or their employees are. And I was that listener. And then I was drained at the end of the day. So I started having to set those boundaries or I chose to set that boundary of saying, hey, I can't hold this space in the same way anymore. I still love you and care about you as my team member or as a colleague. But hey, I I have time to maybe spend a few minutes on this and then we've got to move on because That is Mm -hmm. draining for me. And what good could come of that, right? We kind of think of worst case scenario, especially as women, we're such great planners. So we're like, oh, what if it doesn't work? Then then I can go do these things. But what if it does work? What would my life look like? And sit there and picture that for a minute. When I started picturing what my life would look like when I didn't have all this time spent as kind of the like workplace therapist, then it was actually kind of nice and like a relief. Like I sighed this breath of relief because I thought, oh my gosh, wouldn't that be so nice, right? So thinking of those ways as well, when you're setting those boundaries or when you're preparing to set a boundary, I think if you are picturing what good could come out of that boundary and how much better of relationships, working friendships, whatever that looks like, how they can be so much better because of those boundaries are an amazing thing. Yes, yeah, so true. Because it's not easy to start setting them. And people that have you in a certain role, like the workplace therapist, like that's a job you accepted when you were letting them dump on you. Mm-hmm. And the, all of those people now, when you say, I don't want this job anymore, or I no longer am willing to do this, you will ruffle feathers. People will be upset. Because you're changing the rules of the game. The thing is, it is your game, your life, your game, your rules. Those rules can be changed at any time, at any moment with anyone when the situation no longer suits you, brings you joy, makes you happy. You are allowed to to change the rules at any time. So that's part of, in my book, I talk about a bill of rights. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the first thing that you need to do when you're going to start setting healthy boundaries 
is you sit down and you craft your own bill of rights, what you feel you have a right to, the kind of treatment that you have a right to, the things that you no longer are going to tolerate. And everybody's bill of rights is different. And there are, I think there's a few key ones that, you know, probably everybody should have on their bill of rights, but, and you can add to it constantly. You decide what is on that bill of rights. And once you have those rules of engagement, it's much easier. In fact, it's impossible to begin setting healthy boundaries if you don't identify what boundaries are. What are your boundaries? And be prepared to do some house cleaning because the people that are in your circle now, they're there because they like the way things have been going. And don't be afraid of cleaning that space out like you said, to make room for the joy that is on the other side of that. But nobody likes cleaning. I don't like cleaning. I haven't done my own cleaning for years. But <laughs> nobody likes, nobody likes, you know, cleaning up their life like that. Yeah, that's the, that's the hard work. But the joy and the freedom that comes from that on the other side is incredible. Yes, I agree 100%. Well, Sherilyn, what have you found as maybe challenges that are unique to women who are either working to stand out as leaders in their roles or maybe even new into leadership positions? I think for women, we have a lot of unfair societal expectations put on us, not to knock men, but I think that men in business have far fewer rules of engagement that society expects from them and than women. So some things that I've noticed, I'm, I'm very confident and I'm direct and I am very ambitious. I love power and achievement. And when you, when, when you hear a woman say, I love power and achievement and recognition, a lot of women and a lot of men would be like, oh, she's just a power hungry, you know what? You know what I mean? But if a man stood in front of you and said, I love power and achievement and recognition, people would be just applauding him. You know, yes, big, powerful, ambitious, successful man, you know. So I think that the society needs to make a change in that area. And the way they do is by having strong, powerful women who don't care what other people think and do what's right for them and their family and stand up for themselves. So that is probably like one big challenge for me. And, you know, there's little things like there's been studies that even the way women write emails, they have to be very careful about how they ask for things or how they correct other people, or they're going to be, you know, labeled just a bad person. In meetings, women generally just get talked over. Their ideas get dismissed and they need to learn how to, you know, stand up for themselves there. So the business that I am kind of putting on hold was, was all women. So it was actually wonderful, you know, like, because women are general, women that are trying to improve themselves are generally huge girl supporters. And it's really fun to have like a whole tribe of women that are supporting you. But I have forayed into some other businesses, which we don't have time this podcast for me to tell you, like everything I've put my hands into, but some real estate related businesses, we'll just say that, that are male dominated. And I'm crushing it because I have 30 years of like sales experience and I'm in network marketing. And so 
you know, I have really forged a different path for myself. So I'm unique. And then I take all those skills and I come into this new business and I'm having men reach out to me right and left privately to let me know that if I partner with them, we can make some real money. Right. And I, I, I'm just like, okay, so a woman really can't make a terrific, like six figure plus income on her own without partnering with a man. Oh my goodness. That, that is just not the right idea. And it's so wrong. I mean, how many, you know, innovative, amazing women entrepreneurs are out there, you know, blazing a path for us and all on their own, you know? So yeah, these are just some challenges I come up against in the, at the end. It's only a challenge if you buy into it. It's only a challenge if you believe it. And it's really only a challenge if you let it get, get your ego up or let it offend you or, or hurt you in any way. You know, now that I've made a career shift, I'm a little surprised at what's out there, but I'm trying to just look at it objectively like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's an interesting opinion. Oh, that's interesting that they think that or said that, you know, and just trying to look at it as a bystander rather than, I can't believe they, they said that, or is that, could that possibly be true? Like, am I too, and, and you know, my husband always tells me, if people think you're too much, like if they think you're too direct and you're just, you know, just too much, they're not your people. It's fine. They're not your people. You will create your, your own whole crowd of people that love the way you are, want to be like you are, want you to teach them what you know, what you've been through, guide them, mentor them, lead them, and also be your clients. Like you'll attract clients that just absolutely respect you for how you are. So if you can learn to stand up for yourself and demand respect from people and demand that they respect your time and your resources, you're going to find a very high caliber group of people surrounding you in your business. Yes. I love all of that so much and love what you're sharing. One thing that I recommend to a lot of the people who I work with is this kind of try it on method. and. It's so funny because there are some people who simply want me to tell them what to do and they aren't necessarily wanting to try it on themselves. They want to say, hey, how did you get to where you grew in your career? How did you, you know, sometimes jump the line ahead in their perception without a college degree? How did you do all of these things? Just tell me and I'll go do it, right? And I tell them. I can't simply give you, you know, here are the ingredients to what led me to where I'm at. And this will be the exact same for you. What I do is I say, hey, try this on. And I love how you're explaining that as well. Sherilyn is saying, oh, that's interesting. Oh, hmm, like I didn't think of it that way. And you're you're not tying your self-worth to what other people's either perceptions are or short interactions are. and you're right. We're in. We're still in this day and age where the there's a very big difference between how you know men and women are treated in the workplace and the differences there. And I see it every day in the clients that I work with, and the things that they're struggling with are the same things you know that many of us struggled with as we were growing in our careers and our paths. 
and, you know, all of us working to do our part, right? That's why I feel called to what I'm doing Mm -hmm. is to help close that gender pay gap, to help more women stand in that confidence so they can remove that tie to their self-worth. I had a conversation with a gentleman last week who we were talking about my business and things that I that were going well and things that I could use a little bit of help or advice on. And he had he didn't know who I was at all. You know, it was our first interaction. We got connected from someone else. And, you know, one at one point he was like, you know, I don't know if what you're doing is going to be successful. And I had that same thing like, oh, interesting, interesting, right? (laughs) Yeah. We've talked for maybe 15 minutes at that point. I don't either. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Part of that was like (laughs) him introducing himself as well. And that's okay. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to tie my self-worth to what someone's brief interaction is with me. Mm -hmm. They don't know my experience and the things that I've done. Maybe that's where I take that self-reflection and say, maybe I didn't clearly efficiently say and share what it is that I'm doing or what my goal is to do in this world to make a bigger difference. And that's okay. That's what the perception was. And he still gave me some really great advice and takeaways. But again, if I were to take that and say, oh my gosh, see, here's another person who doesn't think that I'm going to be successful. I should just go back Uh to the corporate world, do what I did that was already successful you know, and not make as big of an impact as I feel called to do. I could absolutely do that, but I'm choosing not to, right? I'm still going to move and figure out that path going forward. So I appreciate that advice and your experiences sharing that all of these different challenges are likely similar to what other women tuning into this either have seen, perceived, experienced themselves. Maybe they've even jumped in and and joined in a more male-dominated team and thought like, oh, is that not how things work? Like, oh, now I can challenge some of these things? Interesting, right? <laughs> like opening up your mind yeah. is so fun and can be a little bit interesting. But I love what you shared there as different challenges and ways that people can consider working to overcome those. So thank you. I mean, just him saying, I don't, I don't think this is going to work out. It's like, Right. He's stating the obvious because you're not sure either. How how are we for sure? I mean, you've just made the shift from a nine to five job into full entrepreneurship. Is that a word? Yeah, right. <laughs> you've just you've made that shift. And so you're like, well, thank you for stating the obvious. Yeah, none, none of us know. Mm-hmm. It's what you feel led to do. And and what if you never did? So I always tell people, you'll never know unless you try it. And you'll always wonder if you don't. And if you do try it and then later decide it's not for you, you should only feel pride in yourself that you tried it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. It's, it's one of those things thinking like, what is the worst case scenario? When I talk to women who are unhappy in their positions or, you know, they're trying to grow, but they're a little bit nervous about throwing their hat in the ring of joining the leadership team. I say, you know, what's the worst that could happen? If they say no, do you maybe get some feedback on ways that you can grow? I got told no more than a handful of times before I got that yes to get promoted at my job. And then once I did, I still got other no's along the ways for so many things. 
But I always felt like if I didn't at least try, then I would have regretted or felt like, hmm, what could it have been like? And that's the exact same feeling that you, you know, called out is usually at the end of the year when we're wrapping it up. And I think, oh my gosh, I still haven't launched into this thing that I'm so passionate about. I've been building it behind the scenes for a couple of years now, but no one knows about what I have and what I have going on and what I want to be doing. And I see other people who have jumped in and are starting to find that success. And so I'm like, okay, this year is the year, you know? And <laughs> I yeah. I was thinking to myself of, you know, hey, I, I want this to happen. How can we make this happen? And with my faith, you know, I was praying and saying like, I need more time to be able to spend on my business and start to get this out to more amazing women who need that help and guidance. And what did that lead to? A layoff from my day job that was a really well-paying position. Woo. But it was one of those things that I didn't I didn't feel that sting of pain. I felt that relief that I was being guided into this next space. And, you know, that's where I'm at right now is figuring it out. And exactly, I don't know if it's going to be successful, yeah. but <laughs> I will never know if I don't try. And I'm so glad that I have that opportunity to do that now. And you would have probably never had the courage to leave that well-paying, safe situation to do what you actually were called to do. Mm -hmm. So sometimes things that may look like a negative thing are actually just a door closing so another one can open, the right door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in your 30 years as an entrepreneur and, you know, growing in all of these different directions, what would you say is one of your biggest takeaways? My biggest takeaway is there is one, one person that you need to please. And if you're a God-fearing woman, there's two, right? But there's, you know, you and God, but you need to please you and you need to follow what feels right to you and the path that brings you the most joy. Every decision you make, whether, I mean, my gosh, when I went to start my direct sales company, I earned 18 free vehicles with that company because I did so well. They gave me a company car every two years and sometimes multiple in a year. They upgraded my cars, I've roughly earned like two and a half cars for every year that I put into this company. So I've never had a car payment for every decision that you make, 50% of the world line up to you is dumb. You should do it. Beware and don't try that. And 50% of the world is going to applaud it. You know, there will be people that hate this hot pink color of shirt that I wore today. And there will be other people that'll be like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. You know, maybe my eyebrows are too dark or my lipstick is too dark or I'm too outgoing or I'm not outgoing enough or I'm too helpful and you will never win. I mean, it does not matter from the shoes you put on, the furniture you buy, to you paint your house. Never will you please everyone. Never. So please yourself. That's my advice. Yes. And it's so freeing once you start to do that. Once I started Caring less, it starts with caring a little bit less. And, you know, that gradual step, right, that we talked about steps in the right direction. Yep. But yeah, oh my gosh, when I realized I 
I'm so simple. I like to shop at simple stores. You know, that's what works for me. I dress very simply. I don't like a whole lot of pattern changing or like lots of different colors. And that's okay. Like that's what makes me happy is some of these more simple things. I don't necessarily like all the bells and whistles of certain things. And and that's okay. All that matters is that I like what I'm doing and the things that I'm working towards. That's such great advice. It's so simply put, but very much something that is yep. for women, especially as recovering people pleasers or current people pleasers. Gosh, once you step into that, it reminds me of is absolutely. It, is it the Julia Roberts movie where she's like the reference about like she doesn't even know how she likes her eggs cooked because she has every guy she's dated, she <laughs> takes the eggs how they like them. And so at one point she finally tries them on her yeah. own. And I'm like, okay, yes, that's kind <laughs> of what it starts looking like is what do I actually like? What brings me happiness? And let's let's start moving forward from there because you're right. Not everyone is going to be stoked about what you say, do, or show up as, and that's okay. That's not, that's not on you to please them and their desires. Yeah. And can I add one thing? Not everybody can be an entrepreneur and not everybody can even be trained to be an entrepreneur. Like you are either entrepreneurial minded or you are not. So mm -hmm. some people are way better suited to build an entrepreneur's dream. When you decide that you're going to be an entrepreneur, most of the world, they are supporters. They're not entrepreneurs. They're going to be panicked at the thought of you doing that. They're going to be like, my mom couldn't believe I was leaving a stable nine to five. And it's not really nine to five when you're a school teacher, but like she couldn't believe I was leaving that to be a mompreneur. And a lot of people around me couldn't. And they just, you know, one time I won like this huge diamond ring and I took cash instead to go on a trip because I don't like jewelry. Yeah. And the, ent my entire team, company, everybody, nobody could believe I had done that. But I knew that's what would bring me joy. So be prepared for a lot of panic. Mm -hmm. And the reason why people panic is they are viewing themselves in your shoes. And you hear, you will hear people say, I would never do that. I always like in my mind, look at them and go, I know, I know you never would. I felt that that was my path and I pleased myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think so many people will find yeah. that relatable. And even if it's to the step, right, of I loved at some point being in my nine to five, and then it was starting a side hustle of sorts or you know, doing other things that I think a lot of people or women as well are leaning into that. Like, what could I do to have like more of my creative side stand out? Maybe that's creating an Etsy shop. Maybe it's doing graphic design. Maybe it's doing something different. So opening up to that as well of, hey, I like stability. I like having this nine to five and being that supporter of sorts and leaning into this other side and seeing where that starts. It's kind of how my journey started and I never, I never thought I would be an entrepreneur 100%. I unfortunately had seen certain things not work out with my own mom in her entrepreneurial journey. So I kind of thought like, that's not for me. I want stability. And so this, there's, you know, all sorts of things that come up for me in that as well. 
but it's it's trying different things that are interesting again leaning into that what is going to please me what makes me happy my husband thinks i'm yep. nuts for all the things like you said like all the different things we have our hands in same thing <laughs> i have all these different things that i have going on because i just i love being involved and doing things that are going to bring me and my family more opportunities for that travel, the things that are going to bring us together. You know, money's just a byproduct of those things that are going to help us build more memories together. Oh, that's so true. When you find the thing that you're passionate about and you learn to make money doing it, and then you teach other people how to do it. So you don't need to be a gatekeeper. You don't need to be the only person that knows how to do that. But you will see your bank account will reflect how much joy and how much service your life has in it. And your bank account will always reflect that money will come frequently and easily when you find that thing. And how joyful is it to be able to make a a living working in your passion, the thing that you're passionate about? I, I love that example. And and also your husband will be super supportive of every crazy idea. My husband tells me, my husband's, you know, still at the high school, still teaching. He's a very stable, sl- slow to change guy. And he's like, your ideas scare me. So he says to me, your ideas and all of your ventures scare me. And he's, and I'm like, but they always work out. And he was like, they, they do. They always work out. Even if I pivot. Even if I start something, I still it still teaches me something or introduces me to people that I need to move on to the next the next phase. And then you know, uh, when I when we went to get him a new truck, and I told him to pick out whatever truck he wanted, and we swiped our debit card for yeah. it mm-hmm. in cash. Yeah, then he he started to be a little bit less scared of my ideas. Absolutely. So I, I couldn't worry about please, pleasing him either. Like I needed to just do what I felt was right, honestly. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you have something that you'd like to share as a benefit to our listeners today. Do you want to share about that now? Oh, yes. I'm so excited. So guys, I finally did it. I finally wrote that book. I wrote that book that I felt led. I felt like I was supposed to do that. It has actually been like harassing and bothering me for 20 years. And I finally like have it done. I'm so excited. I launched the book in March, the end of March. And my own immediate circle, friends and families and associates bought so many copies of the book that it launched me into Amazon bestselling status. So I got like this special seal on my book. It was such an honor for me. It's called The Lines We Draw. And I'm giving it free, totally free. You just need the link and you will find the link at deardreamer.com. That's the name of our company is Dear Dreamer. So at deardreamer.com, you can get the link to setting healthy boundaries. So the book is called The Lines We Draw, How Setting Healthy Boundaries Will Set You Free. And I hope it blesses you. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you to offer that to the listeners today. Definitely go Download that if you aren't furiously typing that into your phone right now or on your computer, you can find that link in the show notes as well. Sherilyn, where can listeners find you and connect with you going forward? 
that website, deardreamer.com, it is housing everything that we're creating. So I'm a partner with my daughter. Caitlin is just absolutely brilliant. So Caitlin and I are partners in Dear Dreamer and we house everything. She's also written a book. We have free courses there and everything that we're doing, you can find there for free at deardreamer.com. So that's where you find us. Sherilyn, thank you so much for being here with us today. It was such a pleasure and I can't wait for people to get access to that free download of your book. And yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. What a great episode with Sherilyn Arnold. Again, don't forget to check out her free book that you can download and get access to over at deardreamer.com. I loved the message from today overarching really is doing what is going to please you or make you happy or bring joy into your life. So often we follow patterns of maybe having a same career path as one of our parents or as one of our siblings or maybe it's something that we said when we were much younger or what we went to college for and feeling like we have to stick to what we initially set out to do. And I hope you feel some freedom in recognizing that it's not the case. I love hearing about people, especially women in general, getting involved in doing different things No matter what age you are, you heard Sherilyn say she's now in her 50s and she is thriving in this new business that she's doing and she's also involved in multiple things. So I hope that you feel that freedom in recognizing if you don't enjoy the career that you're currently in or if you felt like maybe you are pursuing someone else's dream Maybe that is something that you need to reassess and determine what is truly bringing you the most happiness. I'd love to invite you to join the free community. It is a place where you can come in and get access to different free downloadables as well as a community where you can come in and you can ask me any career-related questions and I will be responding directly to you. So come join the free community. The link will be in the show notes. I look forward to seeing you there. All right, until next time, we'll see you later.